Good morning. Welcome to the Barefoot Church. I'm Pastor Steve. We'll be looking this morning at the Gospel of John, St. John. Now, you remember Jesus was walking along the way and he called three of his initial disciples. Those were Peter, James, and John. And James and John uh, later on became known as the Sons of Thunder. Jesus named them that, the Sons of Thunder. And so we also know that John eventually, uh, being a fisherman when he was called, being fishing in boats and working nets when he was called, then became the author of the five of the books in the Bible. Um, the Gospel of John, the Gospel. Uh, also then three letters of John, and then uh, the Revelation. And so John was, was pretty active in the life of the church. Um, interesting word, though, that, that sons of thunder word. There is some speculation about, well, they had tempers. James and John had a temper. Uh, another speculation is, well, they had foul mouth. They, they were not only explosive with temper, but they also had um, a talking, a manner of talking that, that wasn't necessarily uh, appropriate at all times. And so it's interesting, the sons of thunder, um, loud, cracking, large, roaring, who knows? Uh, it's interesting. Um, the other thing that I need to mention is, is John's gospel was the last gospel written. And uh, John's gospel is different than the other three gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are, are special together because they, they, gen, they, they, gen, they gently um, talk about the same parables and activities and, and goings and doings of Jesus and those around him. John, however, uh, leaves out a lot of parables. He, he emphasizes and puts other additional material in that Matthew, Mark, Luke don't. John has a different perspective. As a result, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are known as synoptic Gospels. They, they see it the same way, they speak the same way, and they tell a story about Jesus. John is different. John doesn't do that. He doesn't talk about Jesus in the same way. He has a different perspective, and, and John actually, uh, even being a fisherman, has a, a very um, important tale that he wants to tell us. And he tells us at the very end of his book, the Gospel of John, he tells us what his, what his reason is, and that is that we might know Jesus Christ. So let's begin with, with the very first chapter of John. Now, I would like to start with John chapter 1 and verse 14. And it goes like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, notice here that we have had uh, Christmas not too long ago. And here we have an interesting passage in, in John 1.14. that we talk about the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so, again, the flesh is the same thing, that the bones, the blood, the flesh, the skin, that we are human beings. And the word became human being. The word became uh, one of us. The word became flesh and blood, just like we are, became human. And the word became human. And, and we also have that understanding that he, he, the word, who became human, made his dwelling among us, is, is the way that this translation has it. The, the Greek wording here is that he tabernacled with us. He tabernacled with us. 
And an understanding of that is the, the, the pure understanding of Greek here is that Jesus built his tent right with us, that Jesus joined us in living together. Jesus uh, not only lived in our proximity when he was on earth in fleshly form, but he dwelt with us. He took part in the activities. He took part in our life. He tabernacled with us. He built his tent right alongside us. And so an interesting understanding here that John gives us that Jesus became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, dwelt with us. Now, an interesting little parallel here for John is that John very much talks about the individual relationship with God. What is it as an individual? What is it as a believer in our relationship with God, with Jesus, the Son, God, the Father, God, Holy Spirit? What is that individual relationship like? Now, some of the other writings uh, in the Gospels, the other three Gospels, don't do it quite as much of an individual as John does. And I know that, that uh, in, in my early days, John was one of my favorite writers. Um, he was down to earth. He just spoke it. And I, I um, boy, I, I, John was my hero uh, for writing. Uh, John had a message for me that was special. And I know that when I did some of the work, the people would say, well, what, what should I read first in the Bible? When they were in the Bible, I said, read, read the book of John. Read John. Read John. And so John here tells us in 14, the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. So right away we hear that the word is the one and only son of God. And not only that, but the word is presented with the, this person who was then flesh and blood, who lived with us, dwelt among us, also is filled with glory, glory. And again, glory, the presence of God, the, the fullness of the room overflowing, fully filling uh, the spirit of God. And so even here, we have, in this one little sentence, we have Trinity uh, uh, available to us. We have Trinity being pointed to and available to us. So the glory and the glory of God and the one and only Son, who came from the Father, okay, got it, full of grace and truth. And so part of what John wants to make sure we know, what part of what this little verse in the book of John has for us is that flesh and blood filled with God's glory came from the Father and he was filled with grace and truth. Now grace, uh, that, that grace gift, that gift that is given to us that we, um, we don't deserve. God has abundant grace for us that he gifts us in all kinds of ways with gifts. In our life, every breath we take and every heartbeat we have, that we have the experience of grace of God. And so here we have Jesus, the Son of God, being filled with grace and then and truth. And again, the truth here <clears throat> that you want the presence of what truth is, is Jesus. You want the presence of what truth is, it is the Word, the Word become flesh who fills the whole us with glory and the presence of God in ways that are different than anywhere else, that is filled with grace, that is filled with truth. And so there's one little sentence that John provides to us. It talks about the time of Christmas, Jesus coming, 
and dwelling with us, that Jesus came full of grace, full of glory, and full of truth for us. Now, interesting thing, uh, if we go back up to verse 1, so we're in chapter 1, verse 1 of the Gospel of John, and John starts like this, in the beginning, now you've heard that phrase somewhere else, and Jeff, we had a long discussion about this uh, over in Bible study one time about that word, uh, that the Hebrew word that meant in the beginning. And that Hebrew word that meant in the beginning is called Genesis, Genesis. And so here we have John now using the phraseology of Genesis 1. And so in the beginning, remember Genesis? In the beginning, God. And so here we have now John saying, in the beginning was the word. Hint, hint. There's something different going on here. You know how people sometimes say, yes, I'm telling you the truth, or, or you can, you can um, bet on it, or, or yes, I'm telling you that. And, and the wording here, the word, is, is basically that same understanding, that there is um, something, there, there's a reason that you can stand on this. There is reasoning behind it that is solid. The word, like, like someone might say, word, after something you've said, it might be an amen, but it might be word, meaning, yes, you're telling it like it is. Yes, you're telling me something that I can count on. Yes, you are telling me, you're giving me word that is important. And so here we have now, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Okay, so now we have, in the beginning, Genesis, creation, was the word, and the, words with, with, the word was with God. Okay, and the word was God. Okay, now we have a different twisting here. That here we have John telling us, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He, the word, was with God in the beginning. Through him, through the word, in other words, all things, all things, all things were made. And without him, without the word, nothing was made that was made. So here we have the word present with God in the beginning, with God, and the word was God, and nothing was made without the word. So every part of creation, every part of every part of creation, every part of creation that God made, the word was there, and nothing was made except through the word. The word. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him, in the word, was life. So now we have another, another aspect. The word was at creation. Was God, was with God, and creation was made through the word. And now the word is life. The word is life. Now, as we learned from 14, and as we're starting to see a picture here, we understand that that word, word, W-O-R-D, is Jesus. Jesus, the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was present at the beginning. And an interesting play on words here, if you have a beginning, the word was there at the beginning. And if there's something before that, the word was there at the beginning. And if something before the word was there at the beginning. And so the word was there even before the beginning. God was there even before the beginning. The word was there. Jesus was there even before the beginning. And nothing was made 
except through Jesus. So now we go a little bit further. So in him, in the word, in Jesus, was life. And that life, in other words, because Jesus brought life, that life was the light of all of the people. So here we have now an understanding. The word was life. And the word, because of that life, was light. And that light is for whom? All people. That light is for us. That light is for you and me. That light is, is for us. And so we continue. Now, the light, this is verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so the understanding is the word life, the word because of life gives light, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And, and the, the wording here in Greek for overcome is, is attack. In other words, the darkness has no ability to attack the light. The darkness does not overpower the light. The light overpowers the darkness. If you have a dark room, you have a light, the, the darkness can't put the light out. Again, the darkness might attack or try to attack. The darkness cannot overcome the light. The darkness cannot put the light out. The darkness cannot diminish the light because the light takes over the darkness. Interesting, extremely interesting understanding of Jesus's life light in our life. The light that he brings into darkness, into our darkness, into our life, that cannot, cannot be overcome. There might be attacks, there might be downs and troubles, but the light cannot be, cannot be overcome. So we now go to, to six, verse six. Now there was a man sent from God whose name was John. We're talking about John the Baptist. He, John, came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So John came to testify, to give testimony to, to witness to that light. So that through him, through John, in testifying and giving witness, all might believe. And then the writer, John, says about John the Baptist, he himself was not the light. So John the Baptist wasn't the light. He came only as a witness, as a testimony, as someone announcing the light. So we now have an interesting thing that, that John pulls in here, that John the Baptist was here as a witness. John Baptist was to talk about the light that's coming. John the Baptist wasn't the light, but wanted to point to, wanted to introduce, wanted to witness to, give testimony to the light that was coming because of the life in Jesus, because of the light in Jesus that fills our hearts with light. Eight or nine, the true light. Now here again, we have that word true. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now again, John is writing here from the time of creation in the beginning, now kind of taking a pause to explain this life and light and John the Baptist said about the light, the testimony. And now we go back to understanding the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, the other, the other term here in Greek I want to talk about a little bit is that giving light to everyone. And, and different translations, different interpretations will have this written differently. The one I'm using has gives light to everyone. And, and that wording is not um, everyone in general. It doesn't matter who you are, you have the light of Christ. That's not the message of John. Uh, we find that out later on in his writings here in the book of John. We also find it on the, in the other writings, letters and revelation. 
that the light is available for everyone. Yes, that's a true statement. The light is available to everyone. However, as a believer, as one who believes, then that light becomes for us. Let me do that again. The light, the light that gives us light, the life of Jesus that gives us the light of Jesus is available to everyone. That life, however, that light, however, is for the believers, for those who believe. So we continue a little bit. He, the word, Jesus, was in the world. So Jesus came to the, the earth, the God the God became flesh and blood and dwelt among us as a human being, uh, tabernacled with us. And, and he um, was in the world. He was on earth. He was in the world. And the, the world was made through him. In other words, creation, the world, the earth, we were made through Jesus. He came to the world. We were made through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. And part of this is, um, as I have worked on uh, scripture before, that every part of God's creation has a witness of God. Another way of putting that is, everything has God's thumbprint on it. Every one of us has the thumbprint of God on our life. In other words, there's a witness to us. There's a witness or a testimony to us from everything in creation. It doesn't matter if it's fish in the sea or birds in the air. It doesn't matter if it's cattle in the field or sheep that are grazing. It doesn't matter who we meet. God's thumbprint is on that person. God's witness is in all of creation. But yet, the world did not recognize the word. The world did not recognize Jesus because their eyes were closed, because they chose not to, and I do mean chose, or because they were not aware even that Jesus was. They could see God's creation and understand that something's going on here in this creation. There's a, there's a plan here. There's, there's something. There's someone who brought all this together, but they don't know yet it's the word. It is Jesus who brings us together. All of creation was made through Jesus. It is Jesus who gives that relationship with God back to us through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. And so the world did not recognize Jesus. He came to that which was his own. And we're talking now about the word, came to that which was his own. In other words, Jesus now, as flesh and blood, came to those people who he lived with, who he tabernacled with, his own flesh and blood, the ones who breathe, would breathe there, the ones whose heart would be, Jesus came. And not only that, he came to specifically the Jewish culture, the Jews, the Hebrews. Jesus came as one who was Jewish. And so he came then to that which was his own. But even his own did not accept him. So that even those people into whom Jesus grew up with whom Jesus uh, went to temple, with whom Jesus lived and, and, and then preached to, they rejected him. People rejected him. So we have the world, creation, rejecting him. We have the world, the other people, rejecting him, even though there's witness there. We have Jesus's own people rejecting him. And we know from the teachings that, aha, because of the rejection that Jesus received and the disciples later received, 
that makes Jesus available to us as Gentile, that makes Jesus available to us as ones who are not Jewish. Jesus becomes available. And that, that was a surprise to some of the disciples. They write about that in other places. So then, verse 12. Now, this one becomes extremely important. Verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him. In other words, we've heard now about those who rejected all the world, even though Jesus was, all the world was made through Jesus. Jesus was there at creation. And, and even though Jesus was born into this area of people and grew up with them and worshiped with them, and even that, they rejected him. And so now it says, yet to all who did receive him, to all those who did believe Jesus, to all those whose faith strongly said, ah, this is one in whom I believe. He's telling me truth that I can understand. He's giving me grace in my life that I can have a happiness and I can have a hope and I can have a future. And so these ones who did receive him, who said, yes, come on in, Jesus, come on in, word of God, come on in to my life. Yet to those who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. In other words, once we believe, once we believe in Jesus, once we believe in our Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for Spirit Holy in whom we dwell. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus, Jesus in our life, in my life, in your life. He gave the right to become a child of God, a child of God. So that once our faith says, yes, the word, our faith says, yes, Jesus, we become a child of God. We become children in the ecclesia. We become children. We become members. We become part of the body of Christ. Those gathered who are gathered at God's calling to be together, to encourage, to build up. to listen to one another, to share sorrows and concerns, and prayers for edification, for lifting up and making stronger. So here we go. Yet to those who did believe in him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become child of God. And it's a child not born out of natural desire. It's a child not born after natural descent or, or human heirship. Not a human decision or not just the husband's will that a child be born. But instead, this child of God is born of God. So each one of us, each one of us is, are born into God. Each one of us are born into Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, the Father, because of our believing in the name of God. Each one of us, because of our faith, because of saying, yes, I trust you, I need your grace, hallelujah, I'm enjoying, I'm having pleasure in your presence. Then it is, we are born of God. We are a child of God. Again, not by human decision, not by descent, not because of husband's will or because of desires or the brother because of our believing in the name. And then we come then to, to uh, 
verse 14. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Again here, in, in the very opening chapter, the very first chapter of the book of John, we have an entire understanding of what John is laying out for us in our relationship with God and understanding Jesus is the word who was present from the beginning, who, who was there and all creation was made through, who came to earth in flesh and blood, who gives us grace, who gives us hope and future, who gives us a trust in his name. And we already know that Jesus was rejected. Jesus was refused and put down. We know that as believers, we will be rejected. We will be put down, ignored, and prosecuted, persecuted. Jesus has been there. God already knows. And there is no way possible than the life that Jesus gives us, than the life which is the light, can be extinguished or diminished. The intent is that that light grow, that others become aware of the life in Christ, become aware of the life and the light in Christ. That is our intent. That is what we're about. That is John's purpose of writing this gospel to us. That as individual people, we're called. We are called to accept, we're called to believe, we're called to call on the name of Jesus, and we are called to be witness to the life and light of Jesus Christ. Now, the rest of the Gospel of John has extremely important areas. John has, has the seven um, I am's of Jesus. Uh, John's Gospel has a pointing towards special things that are coming, but also points us directly to, at the Last Supper, the washing of feet. No other gospel has that. John does. Now, John doesn't have some of the other things of the other gospels, but John has very special things that he wants us to hear, that he wants us to know about. I, I encourage you to read the entire book of John. I encourage you to spend time in the gospel of John. And, and get to know it upon your heart. Get to know John's writings and become familiar with them. Let the word dwell with you. You know, I, in some of my prayers, you've heard me talk about uh, the word, scripture, the word in the Bible, the writings, in other words. You, you've also heard me talk about the word who is Jesus, the Christ. And this, this, is, this part of John is dwelling with understanding of word the word being Jesus, the word who was with God and who was God through everything made through him, who came to earth, who dwelt among us that we might know and be in relationship with the grace and the trust we have in the name of God. I would pray that, that each of us um, read this area of scripture again and, and let it let it um, let it be something you meditate on dwell on and to to have have holy spirit dwell with you to tabernacle with you to to be with you 
to tent, build a tent with you, just as it names Jesus the word is doing. Let us pray. God, thank you for your word, the writings, the law, Lord, the gospels, Lord, all the letters of the New Testament. Thank you, Lord, for the word, Jesus, in our lives. Lord, for the witness that we've heard this day, for the testimony that we have heard this day, because of the writings of the Apostle John. Thank you, Lord, for um, grace in our life, the gifting that you give us in so many ways, for every breath, for every heartbeat, for every loving relationship of encouragement that we share with each other and that we receive, sometimes by surprise, sometimes we recognize and sometimes we kind of forget until suddenly we have our eyes opened, our heart opened, and we understand. Ah, oh, Lord, may your presence, may your glory be around us and with us. Lord, may you give healing and wholeness as being the creator, the healer, the one who is the great I am. Lord, we praise your name, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to know you as the word, the word. And Lord, we thank you for your presence in tabernacling intenting, indwelling, in being right here in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you. And uh, God's blessing upon each of you.